Greetings, this is Atma Buddha. Today is April 2nd, 2022, just after midnight here in China. The title of today's podcast is Episode 80, Liberation Defined. Beginning now. I guess it all depends on how you define what it is to be liberated. Some on the extreme might even say that not identifying with self is liberating because then you are no longer responsible for what you do. Others might say meaninglessness is liberating because then you don't need to search for meaning anymore. I say liberation is when nothing external can affect you negatively. When you have full freedom to be who you are, wherever you are, and no matter how toxic the people in your environment are. It's like being on a stage where the entire audience hates you but you can just smile at them blissfully while sending them love. That is liberation to me. To some, liberation is about worship. It's about going to church and giving your full devotion to that which inspires you. Personally, I don't feel drawn to worship, but it is a valid path going all, all the way back to bhakti yoga. By worshiping your ideals, you can become closer with your ideals, especially if you don't imagine a huge difference between you and the object of your worship, i.e. allowing deep intimacy with your ideal instead of reaffirming how great God is and how low and obscure you are. Instead, the belief should allow God to embrace you and lift you up and share in the glory. When you get to the exalted place via bhakti, ironically, it becomes less about worship because you are intoxicated all the time in the energy. You are just being in the moment and accepting the grace and the wondrousness of it all continuously. This is also how fanaticism is born, because they become even more fervent in their belief in scripture because of their perceived results, not realizing that there is a common thread leading to that experience that is beyond scripture and book knowledge. And this concludes the written portion, and we're going to go into this. First and foremost, let's just get something straight right now. You cannot be liberated unless you are yourself, number one. Because what is liberation other than being who you are deep down inside you, inside your heart? That is liberation. And if you're not able to even be yourself, then no matter what activity that you engage in, you're not going to be liberated. So... That is very important to keep in mind. It is about your authenticity. It is about experiencing the truest version of yourself. Now, when you have that, then what liberation is about is maintaining that experience regardless of your external environment. And let's just go ahead and define properly the difference between the external world and the external environment and the internal one, because I know that that's a bit of a subject for debate. And I would regard that as being the sensory organs 
that which you experience through your senses is the external. And that which you can visualize in your mind, that would be the internal. And just to give you a quick example about that, if you were to close your eyes and you were to imagine an apple, if you have some skill at visualization, you might be able to get at least a rough outline of an apple inside of your head. And you would also realize, of course, that that's not a real apple. You're not going to be able to just manifest it with a snap of your fingers, at least not most likely yet. Who knows? Maybe in the future we can have such miraculous abilities. But for now, it is in your mind. And on the same token, you could levitate that apple in your mind. You could chop it up into pieces when you get more skilled at visualization if you don't have that ability. You could smell it. You could taste it. You can engage with this mental apple in a variety of different ways. You can throw it. You can make it fly to the moon. There's just an endless possibilities of what you can do. Whereas if you open your eyes and you actually see a real apple, no matter how much you try, you're probably not going to have much success <laughs> at levitating it. So that's, that's one difference between the internal and the external. And of course, also with the external, you can have external validation. In other words, other people can see the apple, not just you. Whereas the apple in your head, there's only one person that's seeing that apple, and that is you. Right, So liberation means that you're able to maintain this experience of your deeper authenticity regardless of your external environment and regardless of whether or not you are in the company of what I would call a toxic personality. I mean, you, I'm sure, have experienced situations whereby there's somebody that's giving off negative energy and is unpleasant to deal with. And that can be unsettling, especially if you don't have defenses to deal with that kind of situation. And by defenses, we mean a shield of positivity. Because when you have a shield of positivity, that can cancel out negative influences. And so when you are liberated, what does that mean? That means you're able to be yourself regardless of external environment, regardless of who's shouting in your face, Regardless of if you are in threat of harm, you can still maintain your composure and have that equanimity of mind, that impenetrable mind. And that is how you can verify that you are, in fact, liberated. Now, if you're easily triggered, then that's generally a sign that you're not liberated. If you can be offended easily or can be offended at all, you are now subject to an external influence. In other words, something external has power over your inner experience. If you can feel unsettled, that is another example. If you can feel better about, have any better emotion because of, say, watching a movie or playing a computer game or being sensual with your lover when you regard all of those things as giving you a feeling inside of you that was better than you were able to have without having this external stimuli, then that also is a signal that you've not reached a place of 
liberation. The middle way that's talked about in Buddhism, and I'm not Buddhist, but to give an example, because there's aspects of Buddhism and yogic philosophy that I fully agree with, and what the middle way is about is not letting anything external overly make you happy or overly make you sad. To have that internal composure to withstand any and all situations, not only negative situations, but also happy situations, you know. Because if you regard an, even an external happy situation as being greater than your internal happiness, then that itself means that you are relying upon an external condition to make you happy. And that's not ideal. That's not liberation. So true liberation means that you're able to be at this optimal place all of the time, regardless of your situation or circumstance. And that is not all. Not only are you able to maintain your composure, but you are feeling amazing. You're feeling like you have love in your heart. You feel like you have bliss in your mind. You feel inspired. You just feel awesome all of the time. So that is liberation, to feel awesome all of the time, no matter what you're doing, wherever you are, whoever you're with, no matter what life throws at you, nothing has the power to not make you feel awesome all the time. And that's amazing. And this, by the way, is not possible for a human to achieve without assistance. And what does that mean, assistance? <laughs> that means the absolute that means the ultimate that means the source that means this highest consciousness this aspect of you that pervades everywhere and when you are able to attune yourself to that that and that alone is what makes this grace possible to have this level of power and that's what it is in fact it I could also entitle this top top topic about power defined because liberation, true liberation is the ultimate power because it's about your life. It's about how you're living. It's about being able to celebrate every second of every day. And so now that we have covered the topic of liberation maybe it's better to go into how to get there and i've covered this in bits and pieces on previous podcasts but let's just try to summarize it as clearly as as possible obviously it requires silencing the mind or quieting the mind so that and focusing your mind. And so it's at a pinpoint, at least that's what worked best for me. Focusing on breath is also very important. Focusing on the corners of the breath, the space between the inhale and the exhale and the exhale and the inhale. And setting aside some time to do this practice. You could also incorporate any other meditative, meditative technique that you choose 
whether it be a mantra or whatever spiritual tradition that you feel called to follow. This is not something exclusive whereby you can't incorporate your own religious beliefs because the absolute is one and it does exist that th- in everything. And that thread of truth exists, can be found in all traditions. There's a saying that was told to me once that a yogi is like a bee. If each religion is a flower, a yogi is like a bee that can fly from each to each, extracting the nectar of truth. And one of the most important aspects of any meditative practice is in the approach. In other words, to do it as a sacred act, that your intent is to reach the highest or commune on the highest level, to be open and receptive, to receive. And belief isn't a prerequisite because it's good to have an open mind to these experiences, but at the same time, receive because the universe is out there wanting to give to you and to help you be the most authentic version of yourself and empower you to achieve excellence and to manifest abundance and all of the good things in life. I mean, one thing about this path and what it is that I represent and what I do here, it's not about creating limitations, but it's about removing limitations. So that means no rules. You could do anything that you want. Of course, naturally, you are inclined to help others, not hurt others, and not to hurt yourself, because you recognize that in all living beings exist that spark of the absolute, especially in humans. And so we want to be able to inspire and awaken hearts, not hurt people. And that is should be a natural for anybody, really, because when you recognize that the absolute is in everybody, including yourself, why would you want to harm yourself? It just doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever, right? And other than that, there's no rules. You can do what you want to do. You are free. There is no set number of prayers you need to make per day or some set time that you need to wake up in the morning. There is no rules when it regards to like premarital sex or marriage or anything like that. Of course, love is valued highly. And in terms of marriage, of course, you want it to be for the right reasons. You don't want to be in it for the money and alone. You want to be in it for love because you feel a genuine connection with your partner that you feel that this is your destiny to be together and to share your life together and that's important to cover and aside from that what foods you want to eat is entirely up to you there are no rules it's basically live in heaven you are living in paradise. And right now it may not feel like paradise. You may have responsibilities where you have to go to work. Maybe you don't like your job. 
Maybe you don't like the people at your work. Maybe you have different pressures. Maybe you have debts. Maybe you have worries and anxieties. Maybe someone you care about is sick. We all have these things in our life, and but we can choose to let these external things dictate to us how we feel, or we can be stronger than these things, than our environment, and overcome that, and be stubborn, and say that we don't, and think that we don't want these external things to get us down. Because how can we best help people? Can we help people through worrying about them? No, that doesn't help anybody. That is actually a limitation. Whereas if you can be happy and positive and have this shield of positivity, through this is the best way to be able to help impact people's lives and to support them and through empathy, through the heart. I mean, just because you feel positive and great about your life doesn't mean you need to be heartless. Through empathy, we can connect with others and feel through the heart exactly where they are. We can share in the pain of others. We can share in grief. We can share in all of this multitude of emotions through the heart. But at the same time, the mind can be attuned to bliss so that your mind doesn't need to be disturbed by sometimes the tumultuous storms of the heart. And that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. So yes, the definition of liberation, be yourself in spite of your circumstance, be strong, be blissful, be loving, be the best version of yourself. Anytime, anywhere, that is what liberation is about. And when you are coming from this place, it becomes an excellent platform to achieve your dreams, to be able to set your goals, to achieve your goals, to perform well at work, to be a good partner in the relationship that you're in. If you've got kids, it helps you to be a better father or a better mother, to have better relationships with your family, to be able to make friends, to be an inspiration for others, to help to bring about all of the good things that can help make paradise happen on earth. And ultimately, that's what this is all about. Because liberation for everyone can't happen until that liberation for you happens. And it's one by one that this spreads from individual to individual. Groups don't suddenly become liberated. It has to happen on an individual level. And of course, the individual is the greatest diversity. It is the smallest marginalized group is the individual. This is Atma Boda signing off. Until next time, you guys have a great one. Bye-bye.